There were two big pillars of Jewish thought. These two schools actually govern the thought of Jewish people during Jesus' time and before Jesus' time. And one was the school of Hillel, and the other was the school of Shammai. The school of Hillel was more open and progressive. But the school of Shammai was uh, conservative and devoted. Both are good schools, but their thinking uh, were uh, different. Uh, Gamaliel, in today's scripture, was from the school of Hillel. Actually, as a matter of fact, his grandfather was a Hillel. So he was very much influenced by uh, Hillel's uh, thought. And you know, very famous disciple of Gamaliel, and that is St. Paul that we uh, know very well. So St. Paul was also from the school uh, of uh, Hillel. Gamaliel was so respected by the people uh, during that time. And when Gamaliel passed away, uh, the uh, people said the spirit of the law uh, is deceased, uh, like disappeared now. That much, the light of the interpretation of the law is gone. Uh, that much Gamaliel uh, was uh, very much uh, respected, so they gave him the name Rabban. Uh, that's a kind of glorious uh, teacher kind of uh, idea. As you read today's passage, you see Gamaliel speaking on behalf of the disciples. Uh, he was uh, very humble and open to the new ideas. Because, because they are just new ideas, let us not reject them. Uh, let us be open and see uh, what they have to say. That was Gamaliel's attitude, and that is very much spirit of Hillel's school. The Hillel's school had that kind of attitude progressive and open attitude. And, uh, Gamal, what Gamaliel did was very much uh, the spirit of Hillel. And so he said, let us, uh, let them uh, uh, be alone. Uh, high priest and the temple uh, police tried to kill Jesus' uh, disciples. Uh, but as we uh, reflected uh, last week, uh, when they killed Jesus, they, they would not have left the disciples alone. They would have wanted to kill that movement altogether. So we see that continuation of that uh, atmosphere. Uh, but uh, somehow the disciples changed, but they tried, uh, the uh, Jewish uh, authorities tried to uh, kill uh, the uh, disciples. This is what they said. When they heard this, they heard that these people were preaching the uh, preaching Jesus. They were enraged and they wanted to kill them. I mean, they thought that by killing Jesus, everything was over. But still, they were talking about Jesus continuously. So they were kind of uh, annoyed by the disciples. So they wanted to uh, kill them off. That's the kind of, a- kind of atmosphere. But Gamaliel, who was very much respected, he stood up. And then he told the disciples to go outside uh, and for a short time. And then he addressed 
uh, the uh, Jewish authority, uh, authorities at that time. It was the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin was the most powerful uh, kind of group, political group or religious group. Uh, at that time, politics and religion were not separate. So they make, made all the decisions in Sanhedrin. He was very much respected and he told, uh, he addressed uh, the kind of uh, parliament. He addressed uh, the Sanhedrin. This is what he said. Fellow Israelites, Consider carefully what you propose to do to these men. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. Just before that, he talked about Judas and the Judas. And, the, and then he said, so in, that, in this present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. Because if this plan or this undertaking is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. In that case, you may be, uh, even be found fighting against God. I think that Camellio believed that he was, this is a movement of human origin. That's why he gave the example of Judas and Judas. You know, they, they all had their leaders and there are 400 people followed them, but the leaders were killed and the whole movement was killed. He gave two examples of that. And then this one too. You know, leaders died, so this uh, movement is going to go, go uh, uh, die too. So don't worry too much about it. Just leave them alone. Let them alone. That was uh, Gamaliel's uh, attitude, I believe. But without realizing it, he prophesied about the movement of Christian movement, about Christian movement. He prophesied, he confirmed that this is God's movement. No one could stop. He said that. No one can stop this movement if it is of God's origin. I mean, he, that's not what he meant to say. But somehow, without realizing it, he prophesied and he confirmed that uh, Jesus' movement and uh, Christian movement was of God's origin. So, be careful with what you say. Sometimes it comes true without realizing it. You may say it's just anything, but it may come true. I mean, he, say, he said this the, uh, thing without really realizing it, but somehow that uh, uh, came true. And he said, if that is from God, you try to stop it, then you are against God. But history is so there's an irony in history. Our human history is so ironical. Because his own disciple, St. Paul, tried to stop this movement. That's why he was well, going to Damascus. On the road to Damascus, he met uh, the risen Christ. But the reason he went to Damascus was to kill off this movement. To stop this movement. But on the road to Damascus, he met the risen Lord and he realized that all the things he did, all along, he thought that he was working for God, but he was working against God. His own disciple, Gamaliel's own disciple, did the thing. And then, St. Paul, he established the foundation of Christian thought. Jesus preached a lot, but a lot of people said that without St. Paul, there would not have been 
Christianity because he gave all the contents and substance of Christian beliefs about law, about faith, about salvation, about forgiveness, everything. He just uh, uh, made all that. And that was Gamaliel's disciple. God used the disciple of Gamaliel to be the person to establish the foundation of Christian belief system. Isn't it amazing how God works? We don't know how God works. I mean, the disciples sitting there uh, hearing Gamaliel, they would not have even imagined that his own, that, that person's disciple would be the person who established the foundation of Christian belief. They would not have even imagined it. God's work is so awesome, filled with awe and mysterious. It is not in our control. We don't know exactly what the outcome will be. Once Jesus told Nicodemus that you have to be born again, and then he said this very strange thing. This is what he said. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes to. I mean, you hear the sound of the wind. You know that there is some kind of God's movement, but you don't know exactly where it comes from and where it's going to, what the result may be. You don't know. What God works, what God does in our lives, we don't know exactly where this takes, leads, uh, takes us to. I believe that God works in your life, every single person's life, but we don't know exactly what that will uh, end up with. We don't know. It is very different from the life that we live. We live in this day and age. We live in a very well-structured system and live by the tight schedule that is set for us. We feel comfortable when everything is in our control and when we know exactly what the outcome will be of what we are doing, then we feel comfortable when everything turns out exactly as I planned, then we say that it's a good life. We don't really know whether it's a good life or not, but it just turned out to be exactly as I scheduled. As I plan, is that a good life necessarily? When things go out of control, it's, it's not a good life? Who are you to say that? Well, we, we, are, living, we are so comfortable with uh, uh, life that is in our control, in our own grip. And that, that's what we pursue continuously. That's why St. Paul tried to kill off this movement because they are disturbing the order. And it's the same as the Jewish authorities too. They, uh, they are disturbing the order of the society. They have, they have to go to keep this well-structured society. But today, disciples were so different. This is what disciples said. As they left the council, they rejoiced that they were considered worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. 
I mean, disciples, I don't think they planned to be arrested. Their plan was they uh, experienced God's power and they, they preached, uh, proclaimed the news and the people will receive uh, the good news and then they will convert and all that and then they will do God's work, but they were arrested. That was not their plan, but that was all right. That's okay. And they were beaten up and they even said, that, I'm honored to be beaten. I'm honored to suffer. I mean, the way they take their life situation is so different. Nothing, I mean, every, uh, life doesn't have to uh, happen in the way they want it. Whatever happens to us, they were happy. They rejoiced. They went out, they were whipped, and they went out rejoicing. And they kept doing what they were doing. I see very strong, confident people here. What did they have? They're very different from people uh, that we saw last week. They were behind the closed door. They were trembling with fear. Last week we saw that. I mean, today I see two people standing tall. I mean, not two people, the disciples standing tall and very confident. Why? Because they believe that God's movement, no one can stop. What we are doing is God's movement and no one can stop this movement. That confidence they had. Just before this passage, they were arrested. As soon as they were arrested, these, uh, Peter and the disciples stood tall and they were very confident. And that, this is what they said. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than any human authority. I mean, they, were, they could be killed right there, but they, they didn't care. I'd rather listen to God than human authority because you cannot stop God's movement. I like that confidence. Confidence of life comes from that belief that God's movement, no one can stop. Your confidence in life doesn't come from your ability, your intelligence, uh, or uh, how powerful you are, how capable you are. No, real confidence in life comes from the uh, belief that your life is in God's hand and no one can stop you from doing God's work. They were bold. They were confident. They were strong. You know, there are times when things don't work out as well. Sometimes we face problems that overwhelm us. And our situations are sometimes hopeless. And sometimes we feel that I cannot do any, anything further because all my strength is drained and gone. I have no power. Even uh, yesterday, just a uh, whole day, I was kind of looking at the weather, uh, CP24, and then, oh, freezing rain. When, when this is right at 8 o'clock. Oh, gosh, 8 o'clock? That's when our uh, KSM members start coming to church. I hope that, you know, there are a lot of elderly people. I hope that they don't get into accident and, uh, and all that. And after that, oh, it's going to be a small service. 
And then I checked the email, and then I found out uh, that uh, Joshua can ma can't make it. And okay, so Jonathan is going to Korea. Joshua, then who's going to lead the praise? And, and we, we asked uh, uh, KSM members to, uh, so I uh, called Jung uh, and we discussed and, uh, to arrange. And all, sometimes life is out of control. It doesn't happen as we wish. But a lot of people, when that happens, that's when they become weak and they lose confidence in life. I hope that you don't do that. That's when you should realize that God's will is bigger than ours. God's power is stronger than ours. And God's wisdom is deeper than ours. Did I put it on? I didn't put it on, right? I thought I put it on yesterday, but in KSM 2, I didn't put it on. So, I want you to repeat after me. God's will, God's will is bigger than ours. God's power, God's power is stronger than ours. God's wisdom, God's wisdom is deeper than ours. When everything goes wrong, that's what you need to believe. God's movement, you can never stop. That was what Isaiah realized. This is what he said. For my thoughts, God is speaking, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's what Isaiah realized. What we need to do is to try our best to follow God's will and do our best. That's all we can do and we have to do. Beyond that, you cannot do anything. You try to find God's will as much as possible and do your best. Don't worry and don't focus too much on the result. When you focus too much on the result, then sometimes you get influenced by human ways. You use your brain to change the course, to force the situations. Sometimes when you force the situations, it may look good for a while, but in the long run, it may lead you astray. Nothing to do with God's will, then you'll be against God. So instead of focusing too much on the result, Try to find your uh, God's will as much as possible and do your best. What we need is a confidence and belief that God's will shall be done. Right after Isaiah said, God's thought is higher than our thought and all that, this is what he said. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I pur purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. 
I mean, God's word will be done. God's will will be done. This is what God is saying. Jesus followed God's will. And that's why he forgave people, he loved people, and he taught them God's truth. But unfortunately, people did not receive God's, uh, Jesus' teaching. People did not receive Jesus' forgiveness and love. They constantly uh, challenged Jesus, and ultimately they killed Jesus on the cross. They crucified him. In the meanwhile, Jesus could have changed his method. Okay, this doesn't work. Let's do this, let's do that, and something else, maybe we do it. That's better. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus just carried the cross. The ultimate end was carrying the cross. God brought resurrection through the cross. The most ineffective way, maybe, Maybe stupidest thing or most foolish thing to do. That was a cross. And yet, that through that cross, resurrection was possible. And I was thinking, the disciples must have been really frustrated following Jesus. And you always talk about love, love, love. When everybody is hating you, everybody is going against you, do something different. I think the disciples could have been very frustrated. That's why Judas betrayed him. Hey, this guy, no hope. No use. Let's do something else. That's why he betrayed Jesus. But Jesus kept on going. But now, the disciples realize God's movement cannot stop. They finally realize only through that cross Resurrection was possible, and the cross was not necessarily the foolishness. They realized. Finally, they learned. There is God's way. We don't know the way. You want to serve God? Serve with faith. Don't serve God with your brain. God's work is too deep, too profound. You want to serve God? Serve with faith that God's movement cannot stop. The disciples would not have imagined while they were hearing Gamaliel that his disciple would make the foundation of Christian belief system. God is still working within us. Live your life with confidence. Live with joy. Don't give up. But be always humble. Be always humble. And live your life with faith. At the end, you will see the amazing result of your life. The process may look foolish, but the end will be in God's hand. Let us sing together. <clears throat>